two, one. Welcome in Husker Extra Podcast. I'm Chris. There's Parker. There's Steve. It is 4.15 p.m. here on Friday, February 26th, 2021. Winding down another week. Uh, winding down to some more Husker basketball tomorrow as they finish off this insane stretch they've been on. Husker women playing tomorrow, too. We've got football news to talk about, a potential Ireland trip in the works. Uh, we're going to talk a little volleyball, having their, their two-game series against uh, number one Wisconsin postponed because of COVID issues with the Badgers. Why does Wisconsin keep ducking Nebraska in athletic competitions? We'll get to that later on. But um, let's start with some football. You guys wrote about it yesterday. Uh, there are talks about Nebraska heading to Ireland to start the 2022 season, uh, likely against Northwestern, uh, it looks like. And then I guess I'll let you guys kind of – Take it over from there and, and what you've heard and what, what do you think is happening? Parker, just the facts. Just the facts. Just the facts. Uh, yeah, so as, as I, I think most people know, Nebraska was supposed to play in Ireland uh, this August and open the 2021 season there against Illinois. That's not happening um, because of COVID, basically. And so we, we knew even when the game was, you know, we thought it was going to be canceled and then it was or it was moved back stateside a couple weeks ago. Um, that the powers that be the Aer Lingus Classic, which is the, the what the event's called, Anthony Travel, who's the you know, travel partner, um, that they would try to get Nebraska back in that game before too long. Um, and as it turns out, it looks like they're trying to get it done for 2022. Now, it sounds like you know, nothing's been finalized officially. Bill Moose, the athletic director uh, at Nebraska, um, you know, said it's not done, you know, at this point, there's nothing to announce. John Anthony of Anthony Travel said much the same, um, but it's clear that they're trying um, to get it lined up for Nebraska to go uh, over there in 2022, August 27th, 2022. Uh, and the most likely opponent that they would play is, is Northwestern. So, um, you know, whether it's eyes to be dotted and T's to be crossed or more hurdles than that, that are left, um, we're not exactly sure but it certainly seems like uh, they're moving toward trying to finalize a deal to, to get back to Ireland and play in Dublin in 2022, which would be great uh, for Sipple's, you know, travel uh, life. And it would be great, Chris, for your golfing life. as well. Yeah. I, uh, I think we, we can all pretty much assume that I'll be along on that trip. Yeah, no uh, doubt. No doubt. Well, I mean, it seems like a sort of this distant dream, this idea, this picture of us stumbling into Dublin, full Dublin bars, slobbering all over each other, swilling Guinness. I guess that's what you do, right? I don't even know. But the swilling, uh, um, it doesn't, I don't even, I don't know. It just seems like this fantasy to me right now. Um, all this, let's just see. I, I just kind of want to see how this season goes. But yeah, sounds like a new, fantasy. Yeah, it cropped up last week. Um, we got a tip last week about it, and I'd I'd be surprised if it doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd I'd really, I'd really be surprised if Nebraska is not a participant. Um, I would I would be a little less surprised if Northwestern isn't the opponent. I think Northwestern will be the opponent, and that's it. I mean that's. I think now I think it's exciting. I, I don't sense the, a ton of excitement from Nebraska fans, but maybe it's because of COVID. You know, everybody's probably in that mode where it seems like things like that seem so, I don't know. We, we, we've been without this for so 
long. Yeah, it's just yeah. hard to, it's a little bit hard to imagine. I mean, we, you, it's a exactly. little bit hard to imagine it. Everything that's been scheduled, even stuff that's been formalized, you know, for the last year has basically been like, okay, yeah, it's, uh, it's scheduled, but we'll see. I mean, yeah. shoot, the, you know, 2020 football season was on the books for six days. Uh, and they've already changed around the 2021 schedule. And so that's another, that's another element of this that we can talk about simple is that the, it would require, or seemingly it would require some moving pieces schedule wise. And, you know, there'll be, I think there'll be more talk of this if, and when uh, the, the game is finalized, but both Nebraska and Northwestern have games slated for week one, you know, this would be a week zero. And then both teams have games on week one for Nebraska. It's a non-conference home game against North Dakota. Um, it's a little trickier. Northwestern is scheduled to play at Indiana um, the, on September 3rd. So there's a little bit of a, there's, there's moving pieces that sort of have to be sorted through. Um, Bill Moose said, um, we won't, we won't, what did he say? Simple. We won't read that page until we've read the first page or something like that. Right. Um, that's what he said. And roughly. so, yeah, roughly. So there, there's some moving pieces in that regard. It seems to me, and th this is just, this is tea leaf reading a little bit, but um, John Anthony, the, the founder of Anthony travel told a couple of outlets when the 2020 game was moved, which that was supposed to be Notre Dame and Navy that they wanted to get Notre Dame back to Ireland as soon as possible and maybe as soon as 2022. But Notre Dame opens the 2022 season at Ohio State. And so that's not – they're not moving that game off of week one and you would not want to play week zero and then come back and play Ohio State week one. So it's the two target fan bases here obviously are Notre Dame in 2020 and Nebraska in 2021 – it stands to reason and it goes along with everything that we've heard in reporting out the story that was on the journal stars website uh, yesterday or a couple days ago um, that then Nebraska would play 2022 and then maybe they try to get Notre Dame there in 2023. So that's sort of how it lines up at this point. I'd be interested to hear what Frost thinks of it. Um, Scott Frost, the Nebraska coach. Oh, oh Scott yeah. Frost. Oh, Scott yeah. Frost. Okay. I got it. Scott Frost. I thought you were talking about Brian Frost. <laughs> well, and not, I mean, there might be people tuning in from Albuquerque who were just happened upon us. You know, sites. somebody named Jim Frost, who is a big <laughs> Nebraska football fan. <laughs> now, it's maybe, a deal. Maybe you were interested in what Scott's brother Steve thinks about it. <laughs> might make the trip know. from the West Coast. I'd like to think that there's some people that watch us that don't aren't totally in tune with what everything we're talking about. I, I um, we're not totally in tune with what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm interesting. I'm interested in what Frost would say about perhaps taking a quarterback over there, a first year starter. Now maybe it would still be Adrian. I don't. I don't think that's a given. And I don't know how you. I don't know how you'd feel about a first year starting quarterback going into that type of situation, a week zero game in Dublin. Um, it's, that's, that's a really interesting part of it. Now, I don't know what Northwestern will have at quarterback. It wasn't that in a way though, wouldn't that in a way, if it is a first year start to be a little easier because you're not in front of the home crowd and you're not under that crush of, no, I don't, I don't think so. You're going to freaking Dublin. I mean, it's, it's well, that's what I'm saying. You're going to Dublin. Like you're not playing in front of 90,000 psychos in Lincoln, you know, you're playing <laughs> well, easy. I mean, it's your home ground across the ocean. <laughs> I don't know. 
No, I hear what you're saying, but I just disagree. I think it's, I think it's, it, no, I think taking a, an overseas trip would be harder for everybody involved. Plus you're Absolutely. talking about, you know, in this situation, a young quarterback. About, yeah. Opening against Northwestern instead of North Dakota. So, and not It'll only that, fun. but let's, let's remember that Northwestern is coached by a guy named Patrick Fitzgerald, who you'd have to think could drum up a little magic. in. Ireland. Yeah. It'd be fun. I, I have this, I have this, recurring thought in my head though that I'm I'm thinking about Dublin and then I get over there and it's like going to Grand Island I mean I, I don't I, I, <laughs> I don't man, think that would be the case it's just like a Gretna for you know I yeah yeah it's, it's, um, it's exactly like Gretna that's what Dublin and Ireland is like. <laughs> we that's pulled right. in can we, can we just tell a quick can we just since we're since we're biding time until our road trip to Champagne uh in August of this year let me just tell you one quick story from the road from this past year. Okay, so, go ahead, Parker. We're, we're going to Purdue. This So the Purdue trips already come up in recent podcasts if you're a diehard listener. Podcast, yeah. Uh, because Sipple was really taken by Hobart, Indiana as a place. Where yeah, I was. Disappear to. But then, okay, so then what happens is we're, we drive through Hobart, Indiana, that we stop for gas or something in Hobart. We continue on. We get off of I-65 southbound in Lafayette, uh, Indiana, and we right off the highway, you know, it's it's just chain restaurants and hotels, and we pull into the Courtyard Marriott right off of uh, I-65 in, in Lafayette. And as we're getting off the highway, Simple looks at me and he goes, this place looks just like Grand Island. <laughs> and so we, get, so we get checked in and, and whatever, and we're lining up what we're going to do for dinner. And uh, we rendezvous with Sean Callahan from Husker Online. And Sean goes, literally, the first thing he said to me, God, this place is just like Grand Island. Lafayette, <laughs> <laughs> Indiana is should be like the, the, the town, the city council should get together and they should make themselves the sister city of well, Grand sister Island. Sister city, actually, Grand Island. Parker, you ever been to Grand Island? Mm. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. I've not spent much time there, but I have been there before. Yeah. All right. Baz has spent a lot of time there as a body. Oh yeah. Won a yes. won a Lou Platt Conference Golf Trainer Championship in Grand Island. My junior at Riverside. Year. No, at uh, Indian Head. Okay. Okay. I should have probably stopped there and paid homage, but I did not. That was uh, yeah. There's yeah. No, it's yeah. I, I used to Parker. Fine. I used to work Parker. I used to work at the Grand Island Independent. Lovely paper. Oh, that was Lovely paper out of town but um <laughs> i only remember snippets of that six months but um <laughs> it's, an, it's an adventurous time i was blacked out for a young, for a young steve sipple i don't remember i was a young man, a young man i was 21 years old so i was 21 years doing, old living, living the good life in grand island nebraska doing what a young man does doing what a young man does it's exactly like living in las vegas when you're 21 i'm sure <laughs> Do you have more bylines or bar fights? <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm sorry I brought that up. Um, we will move on to something else. So, yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. It, it seems like so then I guess the next the, the last piece of the Ireland conversation for right now is that the only thing that John Anthony of Anthony Travel would, you know, sort of confirm to us at this point is that they're hoping to announce the 2022 game in the next month or two. So, Anywhere from, I would say, you know, mid-March to, to mid-April or end of April. Um, basically, anytime during spring ball for, 
for Nebraska, um, if you want to use that as a, as a benchmark, is sort of the hot zone for, for that coming together um, in, a, in a final way. Good. 8 p.m. Okay. on the day that Nebraska announces like seven transfers out of the program. That's, oh, it'll undoubtedly cool. happen on a day when we have copious other things to write about. That's just how that stuff goes. I welcome days. I sort of, well, this time of year, I welcome days with copious amounts of news because we're in sort of a, well, Baz, Baz is in the thick of a crazy basketball season, but the yeah, football, right on the, the middle football of side, we're not, we're not just exactly stretched right now. No, well, speaking of, speaking of basketball, should we move on yes. to basketball? Let's yes, do let's, let's do, do. Yes. Let's do. Nebraska let's do. coming off the, the, uh, the rough game last night at Illinois. Uh, we talked to Fred Hoiberg at about, oh, 8.30 p.m. or so last night. And then we talked to Fred Hoiberg again at 11 a.m. this morning, so about 15 hours apart. Um, and I, I cracked to Fred that it was very nice for him to join us after not speaking with us for so long. He seemed to – he gave me a polite chuckle uh, about that and while thinking this is a clown ass, just to ask your question. Um but this weekend will mark the last two home games for Nebraska. Oh. Minnesota tomorrow, um, Northwestern on Monday. Um, no, that's not right. They're at Northwestern. Rutgers, Rutgers on Monday. And yeah, that's right. So we talked to Thoreau Thorbjarnerson and Kobe Webster today, the two the two seniors on the team who will who will be honored uh, this weekend, uh, along with Derek Walker. Uh, Fred Hoiberg announced will be honored because he's graduating uh, this year and will be the first from his family to graduate college. So congratulations to Derek. Um, that's a, that's awesome. I, I saw that today. Yeah. Well, you, you tweet that. That's like pretty remarkable. That's anytime. you know, and, and and Fred said it. That's that's an awesome deal for Derek because obviously for being the first one in his family to graduate, but just what he's gone through the last couple of years, sitting out for a year, being suspended this year. It's been a rough year, you know, on the court. He's been dealt with COVID. He's been sick and had a little trouble recovering from it. So you're, it's pretty cool for Derek. That's going to happen. His mom's going to be able to be here. His little brother's going to be able to be here uh, to see that. So that's a pretty cool deal. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting to talk to, to Thor, especially. Um, a guy that's been here for four years, a guy that's seen a lot, you know, in his four years. When he was a freshman, Nebraska lost one game at home, and it was to Kansas on Svee Mikhailik's three-pointer with seven seconds left, you know, and then – they finished fourth in the Big Ten, and he made this point today, Thor did. They finished fourth in the Big Ten, don't go to the tournament. Now the last two or three years they've talked about, well, ten teams are getting in. Ten teams are getting into the tournament from Big Ten. And we finished fourth, and we couldn't do it. You know, so – and then, of course, the next year they, they start out ranked, have injuries, bottom falls out, Tim Miles gets fired, Fred Hoiberg comes in, and, and we've seen the struggles these last couple of years. So it, Thor admitted it. It hasn't gone – like he thought it would go. And this, this year too, hasn't gone like he thought it would go. And it's been disappointing. And I thought I appreciated his honesty with that because he come, he came from a long way away from Iceland to, to play here. And, and now to see what he's seen the last four years, that's pretty rough. So you hope Nebraska is able to, to find something for him to feel good about here down the stretch, whether that's a couple wins or whatever it may be. And then um, Colby Webster kind of the same thing, kind of took a flyer on Nebraska, you know, committed basically right when COVID hit uh, around here. He, he met with Fred Hoiberg and Matt Abdelmassi right before the Big Ten tournament started, committed, came here and, and mentioned that he wanted to see if he could play at this level. And he felt like he'd proved that he could play at this level and coming off the bench for Nebraska. So three guys with with three very different stories and three interesting stories that will be honored this, this weekend. And, you know, excuse me, my email's dinging at me here. Let me take care of that. And, you know, 
it's it's just interesting, I think, to see what this weekend's going to look like. The 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 record is what it is. The results are what they are. This team's been through a lot. It's it's to the point now where, you know, they're Fred Harbor's talking about blank stares in the locker room after the game, uh, just fatigue and and doing it again day in and day out, and the Groundhog Day aspect of it all. So we'll see what Nebraska's got in the tank here going forward these these next couple of weeks with a couple of games that they potentially could win. Yeah, interesting game tomorrow against a team that suffered a horrible home loss, Minnesota. Um, Minnesota lost to Northwestern last night. And, man, I was reading the St. Paul newspaper this afternoon, and, Rich, I mean, they're talking about fire, Richard Patino. I mean, that, that there's a team coming in here with a coach on a, on a, on a hot seat for sure. Um, I don't know if Minnesota's out. It, it seems like the St. Paul Pioneer Press thinks it's out of the tournament. Um, I would think if Minnesota would win its last three games, it could make the tournament. Especially if you um, paired that with a, you know, couple, couple, you make the semifinals in the tournament or something like that. Right. Yeah, they wrote that they would have to win the Big Ten tournament to get in the NCAA tournament. Maybe that, maybe they, maybe that's the case. But they have three games left, including this one. That's a pretty good team. But Baz, this is this one's winnable, right? Yeah, it's winnable for a lot of reasons. One, Minnesota's horrible on the road. They haven't won a game on the road yet this year. Oh, um, and eight. Oh, and eight. And two, you know, they've cratered. They have. They they looked bad last night against Northwestern. And Northwestern plays hard, but Northwestern was also a team that lost 13 games in a row. Uh, and that game was in Minnesota. Three, they're down two starters. Uh, they're down Liam Robbins, their seven foot center, second leading scorer, the Big Ten's leading shot blocker. They're down Gabe Kalsher, the forward who's who struggled with a shot this year, but is still one of the best shooters on that team. And it's look, they're they kind of remind me of that Nebraska team a couple of years ago, where it just they started out so well, then injuries hit, bad luck hit, and man, they just they collapsed at the end of the year. And by the time they got to the Big Ten tournament, they were running on fumes. And that's what it looks like to me. It's a team that I think is is tired. It's a team that maybe saw side season go up in smoke last night. Um, we'll know, I think it's going to be interesting to see which team has more motivation tomorrow, you know, with Nebraska playing the way it did at Illinois and, and Minnesota coming off that loss, which team can kind of show up out of the gates first can can Nebraska come out, get a strong start. Like they've had several times this year and put that team down early. And maybe you put that game away early if you get off to a good start and, and kind of kick Minnesota in the teeth a little bit. But if the exact opposite happens and Minnesota comes out firing, then, and who knows what it looks like? You know, I think that first time they played, Minnesota won by double digits. But if Nebraska would have even been competent offensively in that game, that's a game they could have won. So there's not a lot of difference between these two teams talent-wise, I don't think. But it's just a matter of who's going to be more motivated tomorrow to, to want to show up and actually play a game. Yeah, I think you uh, you got to – did Fred say anything today about Teddy Allen's wrist issue? Not, not uh, specifically. He said that they, if they would have held a normal practice today, that he had three guys that probably wouldn't have been able to practice. So you assume Teddy Allen is a part of that group um, just because he, and he mentioned this last night, Teddy Allen's been dealing with a wrist issue for the past several weeks or for a while is the way Fred Hoiberg put it. Uh, and that includes his 41 point game the other night. And, you know, he's been playing pretty well despite having a banged up wrist. And we saw him kind of holding it last night. He was holding it in the Penn state game and, if it gets hit, he feels it. If it gets bent the wrong way, he really feels it. And look, it, that's your leading scorer. That's he's been your best player since they've come off this pause. He's he's shooting good percentages. He's rebounded the ball well. He's the team's second leading assist guy since they've come back. So if you're going to win some of these games, you need that guy. And look, he's hurt. 
and he's probably just going to be hurt the rest of the year, but, but how much can he give you uh, come tomorrow, come Monday against Rutgers and, and those last couple of games against Northwestern Iowa, because they need him to be as good as he can be offensively if they're going to have a chance in these games. It's interesting. Yeah, Fred seemed a, Fred seemed a little impatient with the, with the way they ran their offense against Illinois talking about guys diving into piles, um, turning it over and then pulling the guy and then seeing the guy do what he said is the same damn thing. Um, they haven't, they, I mean, he, I'll tell you something, Fred draws up good plays and they routinely screw them up. How, how often have we seen, or how often have we heard this year? Well, they got a good look. They just didn't make it. Yeah. Or they would have had a good look, but they threw the ball eight feet over some dude's head out of bounds. You know, it's, it's, it's a team. And I said this towards the end of last year too, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen a team with this record where you say, man, they're really well coached. Like you can tell yeah. Fred's, you can tell Fred's a good coach and, but they just, they have not executed when they've had the chance. They have not made shots when they've gotten open. Look at the Penn state game the other night, they got a wide open three for, for Trey McGowan's at the end of that game, you know, and they had a chance to tie that game, but they made too many mistakes before that. They got killed on the glass and the turnovers really hurt them. And, you know, some of that's probably a, a, probably a product of fatigue, you know, especially the the sloppy turnovers where you're just throwing it right to guys and, and the mental mistakes and things like that. But, you know, as Fred Hoiberg said, you got to find a way to, to move past that. You got to find a way to summon it up and, and find a way to play the right way and play hard for 40 minutes. So this team is going to be, is going to have chances to win, because of the guy on the sidelines, he's going to put them in positions where they're going to have the opportunities to make shots and to, and to have a chance to win against Minnesota. And it's up to these players to find a way to do it. And they're tired and they're hurt and they're sore and they've lost a lot, but you've got a chance this weekend. You've got a chance tomorrow to win a game. And, and then Rutgers coming in here, who's been hot and cold. I'm not saying you're going to win that game, but you'll have a shot. You can beat Northwestern, you know, so there's chances there to, to have some positive outcomes at the end of the season. It's just what do these guys have left in the tank when it comes to, to energy and what do they have left in the tank when it comes to motivation? It's interesting, and, and I know it gets lost, it get lost in the long losing streak and all of that. Um, and I know, like, Teddy Allen's not a perfect player by any stretch of the imagination, but that performance that he had the other night, 30, what was it, Baz, 41, 8 and 6. 41 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Yep. The thing that I couldn't – the thing that I, I sort of marveled at watching that was obviously the shot-making ability and all the points. But in that game in particular, I mean, you can you could just see – the defense tilt all the way toward him and then him make the right decision a lot of times in terms of like creating a shot for a teammate, getting a guy a dunk or a layup at the rim, getting in the paint and, and making the right decision with the ball. And you can see the, the promise of that, right? Like of what the yeah. picture looks like, of course, he's not going to go out there and score 40 all the time, but I just thought it was very interesting of like, I, I never watching them and I haven't watched them every minute that they've played this season, but I, I was never quite sure he's their leading scorer, but I was never quite sure that he could be the centerpiece of a team or a, a program, like the guy that you build your system around, but man, he looked like it in, on, on that night at least. And it was a heck of a outing, not just in the points that he scored. So I don't know what the future holds there, certainly, you know, or, or how, if he's a comp, a role player, complimentary player, score, centerpiece, whatever down the way. But I mean, you, you saw the flash of, of what it can look like. Yeah. It's, it was the classic case, I think, and of, of a guy letting the game come to him. Right. And not forcing it and, yeah. and, you know, just making the, and that's what 
how many dozens of times have we heard Fred Hoiberg say, just make the simple play, make the next pass, make the right pass. And that's what we saw. You know, Teddy had his opportunities in the first half, obviously, when he scored 28 points and Penn State was giving him lanes to the rim and he was taking and scoring and he hit a couple threes on top of that. But then he made the right play. He didn't force it. He didn't, he didn't look like he was pressing to make something happen in the second half and he made it look easy. And I think that just illustrates in a sense, how much this team does press from time to time, just trying to make something positive happen. And it's easy. It's that's human nature to do that, right? Like you've, you've lost all these games and you get sick of it and you say, you know what, God damn it. I'm going to go do it come hell or high water. And I think that's where you see a lot of these driving into a pile and turning it over or trying to throw a wild pass and turning it over or firing up a contested three. Like it's just a, it's so hard to be patient and let the game come to you like Teddy did that night. But if you can do it, you can see what it looks like. And that's the challenge I think right now for this team is, is trying as hard as it is. And, and it's, it's hard and it's, it's a steep climb, but letting the game come to them. You can't, you can't force a win by, by sheer force of will right now. If you're Nebraska, you're not good enough to do that. And, but you can see what happens if you just, if you let it happen. And, and again, that's so much easier said than done just to say, we're going to let this happen if we just do these things the right way. So if they can find some of that over these next couple of weeks, they, they Fred Hoiberg now has something he can show these guys that look, I know you guys want to win, but you've got to let it happen too, you know, and, and try not to press so hard and push so hard to make something happen that you're just causing a bunch more mistakes than you need to be causing. Yeah. Teddy's um, Teddy Allen is, I, I was thinking about this last night. He's uh, one of the most interesting players I've seen at Nebraska in my time. I mean, in, 40 years. Well, I'm 54. I've been watching it really close since I was nine um, or 10. He's one, he's definitely one of the most intriguing players because his, because he's not a very good athlete, uh, but he still can score. He, he, I mean, he put 41 on a pretty, I say that's a pretty good Penn state team. A lot of people push back on that, but I think Penn state's pretty good. Scored 41 yeah. in a big 10 game. It doesn't matter who yeah. you're playing. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, that is a, an amazing achievement. He's averaging, I, Bazzi averaging 18 or so a game. Oh, about, I think it's 17.2 right now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a – I mean, he's been pretty consistent. And his shooting Again, splits have been really good uh, since the break. You know, 50% from the field, about 42% from three-point range, and 75% at the line. Like He's, he's been interesting efficient. because his shot, his three-point shot's good. It doesn't look real pretty. He, But he does – he's, you know, a lot of guys – a lot of – a lot of guys in this day and age don't have a mid-range game. He does have a mid-range game, and yeah. he goes to the hole. He can get to the hoop even though he can't jump. The reason he can he can score around the rim is because he's extremely crafty. He has a wide array of shots, yeah. and he does the spin move to his right. That's one thing about his game that's really predictable is he always spins to his right. But there's not that much that's predictable about what he does. He shoots a kind of a herky-jerky fall away. He gets his shot up against guys that are bigger than him, and you think, oh, that's a terrible shot. Then it goes in. Um, he's one of those guys that spins the ball in. Um, he uses the glass well. Got an old uh, man game a little bit. He got a, yeah, he's got a little bit of that. But he's, you know, he's a he's he's not a terrible athlete. No, well, um, no, you're not if you're scoring 17 a game in the big ten. Right. You're, you're yeah, probably, exactly. But, he just can't jump. Um, no, he you know. 
he's just Teddy not Allen can't jump. That's the sequel to White Men Can't Jump. Teddy <laughs> Allen can't jump. He's not, he's not very explosive. No, he's just he's unorthodox. He's an unorthodox yeah. player. And I think a lot of people that watch Nebraska would think that because, like you said, it can look pretty herky jerky and he takes a lot of those tough kind of, you know, five, six foot floaters over dudes, but he knows how to make them. And that's what yeah, he does. You know, there's a reason they call him Teddy Buckets. It's because he knows how to make it go through the hoop. And it's it, you're right, Sip. He's as interesting a player as, as I've seen on this beat. Uh, I have not been following this team for 45 years like you have. But, um, you know, <laughs> he's just an interesting player to watch. And, and it, when he's good, boy, he's he's fun to watch because he can he can score yeah. it. And then we saw the other night he can he can get other guys involved, too, and he can rebound a little bit. And you know, I think it was he he accounted for 30 of their 38 points in the first half against Penn State. Like that's an insane number. That is no joke. I mean, you yeah, have, like, I mean, that is, I, I give full credence to a guy who can do that. I mean, yeah. So it's, it's, he's one of those guys that he's going to have a lot of stuff where you just, you want to smash your head into a wall, but at the same time, when he's good boy, it's, it's fun to watch. And it's exciting and it's creative and it's something that you, you Nebraska quite frankly, hasn't seen a lot of uh, over the last 15 or 20 years. No, you know what, as far as the smashing your head against the wall with things he does, I haven't seen a lot of that lately. I don't think he – I think he's played pretty pretty smart lately. I, I know the coaches had to get into him against Penn State because he didn't get back on D one time. But generally speaking, he's okay there. I mean, he doesn't – Yeah. He's not – He's been good, he's, he's been he good since the show. Yeah, yeah, he plays – ever since the, he sat that game out at Minnesota, oddly enough, he's been really solid and really good and played within himself for the most part. So you hope for Nebraska's sake and for his sake, his, his wrist is able to get healed up a little bit and he can, he can have a strong pusher to end the year. And and I'm and you mentioned Walker. Walker's played pretty well since he's been a, a, available. I I mean I it's, he's a revelation. Yeah. Um, he's definitely he's. I'll tell you one thing about him. He's got an incredibly good attitude. Yeah, and, and he's 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 been through some stuff too, man, with the sit out and the and the suspension and the way that was all handled and and everything else, but been a leader and, and been a vocal guy and then done it on the court. Who's been on the floor more than Derek Walker for Nebraska these last, you know, three or four games diving for loose balls and stuff. And that's your biggest guy out there doing that. And if he's doing that, then you hope that eventually bleeds down to the rest of those guys, because that's a guy that, that does it with his voice and does it with his actions too. And yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, like, it's so funny. We talk about ah, Teddy's playing pretty good. Derek Walker's playing pretty good. Ed Andre's, been really promising and you look at the record and it just it just hasn't happened that just shows you what kind of what kind of year that's been and it's been and how hard it's been for this team yeah it's interesting opinions about program trajectory job the job fred's doing they're all over the map it's that's what i've found i mean my my brother who's been a basketball fan for a long time who who doesn't know hardly anything about it um texted last night said man Fred's got this thing going in the right direction and right after that a former player texted and said this is not this is not going to end well um I I don't know I never I never really know I never know what to think like you said Bass they're they seem like they're well coached but I would say he's the one who put this roster together and it's a bunch of guys a lot of the guys that can't shoot um so I don't Three and 32, their last 35 Big Ten games. Like, you know. Right. The record is what it is. Yeah, I don't – it's tricky. What I've come to understand is that it's a tricky conversation. And I haven't sized it up. Like, I'm not – I wouldn't – I'm not ready to size it up quite yet. 
I'm I'm curious to see what kind of continuity they have after this year. How many guys? They well, that's part of it. You know, you can't you can't go out and and take this roster down to the the studs again and, and rebuild it. You just can't. You got to have some kind of core coming back and some key guys coming back, and you have that recruiting class to it to see what you got. Because that's, that's the interesting part of the conversation, though, because it's very it's very possible that I mean, obviously, you would think that that the younger McGowan's uh, Bryce McGowan's will make a big difference and. Uh, Tomanaga, is that his name? Kishé Tomanaga and yeah, yeah, maybe. Reidenbach, yeah. Yeah, and if those guys can shoot it at a high level, okay. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because I think I think both of – I think that's true, Baz. Like, it'd be – you're really playing with fire if you take it down to the studs and totally rebuild it. And at the same yeah. time, like, if you don't and it doesn't get all that much better, then you're going to look back at it and say, well, wait a second. You yeah. went 1-18 or 2-17 and 17 in the Big Ten – and you, you didn't change you did, what what did you change yeah so it's a it's a, that's a part of what makes it an interesting conversation is like continuity seems like part of the recipe but they have obvious deficiencies that need to get changed too and i mean that though i think it's fair to say that there'll be more than just the three guys that are coming in yeah. you know, transfer markets just that's the way it is in college hoops at this point but it'll be interesting if it's more like four guys or if it's more like eight guys it's funny because how often do we hear with with Scott Frost program? Well, they got to change. They got to bring in new coaches. You got to get you gotta go find a transfer quarterback. You got to make all these changes. And 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 Scott Frost says, no, we need continuity. We need continuity. We need continuity. And what's happened on the basketball side? They've completely torn it up and rebuilt it twice. And, and look where they're at. So you got to find that happy medium somewhere. Yeah. You know, and obviously, different sports, apples to oranges. But you got to you. That's and that's why Fred Horberg's getting paid a lot of money. Is he's, he's got to find that balance and find the right the right set of guys to get in there and get this thing going. That's right. I, I think I think you got it pretty right, though, Baz. It's probably a core guy. You got to find the right core guy, the core yeah. of guys, yeah. the right ones to get back here. Yeah. And who knows what the schedule looks like next year? The Big Ten will will probably not be as good as it is this year. Who knows? But that that's that's part of it should be a little easier. You should be playing in front of, of fans again. Um, you know, you want to deal with yes. shutdowns and, and all this other stuff. It's and I know we hate we and I hate it as much as anybody, but it's just been look, they've had it tough this year, and they're not the only team that's had it tough. But man, with with where this roster's at, with where this program's at, this is about the worst time possible for all this stuff to happen. What's what's happened? So it, it is what it you know, it is that's what it is. So whether it ends well, whether it doesn't, who knows? But I don't think we've really even seen yet what kind of program or what kind of team Fred Hoiberg can put on the floor when he has everything that he wants to have to, to make it go. That's probably the key is can he get that? Yeah, he that's get everything he needs. Yeah, exactly. That's probably comes down to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it'll be an important offseason in that regard. Uh, you make sure you get those three signees to campus. You go find a point guard in the transfer. Got to find a point that'll that can help you run the show. You know, maybe you yep. find a, another another shooter that can help you. Maybe Trevor Lakes becomes that guy next year. In addition to those young guys coming in, maybe you find one more. Other than that, you you look good in the front court with your depth there, uh, with with Derek Walker and Ed Andre and Ivan Wojtyłowicz. So it feels like they're a piece or two away from from taking a pretty big step. But you got to go out and do it. You got to go out and find those guys. You got to find the right fit to make sure it works. Yeah, it's a it, the point. The point guard is the key. If you you know it, Baz, you you wrote about that Iowa State run a lot. He always had a point, great guard, point guard. Well, look at he who their point guard great. was. Yeah. yeah, Monte Morris, one of the best to do it ever as far as assist to turnover ratio. 
Right. Going. You know, they don't they don't need that guy, but they need a guy like that in that mold that can just run it and get guys open and make the right reads and make the right passes. And then then you see what you have coming back with that core group next year. If you can have a guy like that to the mix. All right. I think I, I got to head out. You got to head out. We're going to wrap. Yeah, we're going to wrap this baby up. We thank everybody for tuning in. We'll be back next week. We'll see what we have to talk about until then. Talk to you next time.